Hello and welcome to The Two Tones with Tony DeVolfo. Greetings, Tony. How are you? I'm very well. Myself, Tony Moclair. This is, uh, as I said, The Two Tones. Round 17, episode, episode 17. Episode Sam Rowe, we did yeah. we did sort of tap into this last week, didn't we, Tony? Yeah. The, the the man closing in on the on the hundredth game in the number seventeen for Garden, uh, which is quite well quite incredible when you think that um, Brent Croswell, mm-hmm. two time Carlton Premiership player, and Gordon Collis, Brownlow medalist, both wore seventeen and are not on the number seventeen locker because neither played a hundred games. Mark Naley, another great uh, number seventeen tone. Um, Hit his straps in the state game, you might recall, in mid-87 for South mm-hmm. Australia mm-hmm. and never looked back and played an absolute blinding um, final series through 87 and um, was such a, 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 a significant uh, member of that all-conquering 87 premiership team. Uh, now back in South Australia and has been battling illness but fighting hard and uh, good luck to you, Niles, if you hear this. We uh, we want you back in fine fettle um as soon as is uh, humanly possible. We certainly do, and we've got some of your form around the place too. Now, um, well, we, we are going to review uh, the Round 16 match. Carlton travelled to, well, by some accounts, a very warm uh, Brisbane, by other accounts, not so, 22 degrees, uh, Brisbane, uh, to play um, against Brisbane. Yes. Uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, and it was not a good match of football to watch. Right. Yes, Tone. Uh, look, look. you went further north, I know. You were up at uh, Port Douglas. Port Douglas. Um, I was at Paddy's Irish Pub with yes, my daughter watching this. Yes, and I was told by my man up north that you were just taking one barramundi at a time up there. Um, you were probably in the, the best possible location last week because... Um, you know, I was holed up down here in Melbourne, uh, tuning into the uh, the idiot box to see, a, a, you know, a pretty lamentable showing from um, the Carlton team at the Gabba. It was uh, it was deplorable. I'm glad we're recording on a Thursday tone, not a Tuesday, because I think I might have actually upended the um, uh, the uh, the desk here. It was um, very hard to. To stomach, um, the Fremantle game was bad. So was this one. Um, yeah, the Melbourne game was bad. So this is this is in that basket. Of it is just very very hard to watch games. Can I make the point, Tone? And I think you will uh, you will agree, and a lot of people listening will agree too. There seems to be two Carlton teams that turn up on any given day. Now we can go up against Port Adelaide. Yes, that was for Simo's three hundred. But this, you know, it's a team. Um, a team in great touch, doing well, and uh, have finals before them. And, and we give them, I don't want to say almighty scare, but that, that was a really competitive game of football where skills were on show, and it was a great game to watch as well. And then against a team, this, is a, this was a dead rubber. Obviously, there was nothing at stake here. Well, there's always, there's always a win at stake, and that's what we want to see as Carlton supporters. But the other Carlton team work turned up and then the skills were sloppy and the yes. kicking for goal was as bad as anything you're going to see. And Yes. Uh, you know, Carlton were put under pressure easily and just outplayed and outmuscled and it was a very hard game to watch. Well, well, commentators, experts and, um, and, and the punters, I like them, I'm not saying aren't experts, but, you know, educated football people that f- follow the game, all to a man and woman said that, um, look, they can stomach it's the team losing, but it's the manner in which you lose. Yeah. You know, you go down swinging, and unfortunately, um, there was uh, there were, no one appeared to have come for the fight last week, and um, I think that was what was so disappointing. You know, there were so many instances in that game where Brisbane looked as though they were um, 
partaking in a Thursday night training drill. Yeah. You know, there was just no yeah. pressure applied and uh, um, structures just fell away and um, well, players were lost. In fairness, uh, structures fell away, I guess, because of injuries. There were key injuries in that, yes. in that first quarter. But yes. to cut more competitive going into the second quarter, and that's where Brisbane basically won the game, but to have missed... Three easy gettable set shots at goal, which would have had Carlton two to three goals up going into the second quarter. Carlton would have Carlton dominated possession and mm. inside fifties in the first quarter. Uh, I would say it was you know I thought well hang on we're on here. Well, I thought exactly the same thing. I was quite um, impressed with the the way that Carlton you know worked in that first quarter, and uh, you know to my naked eye there was nothing to suggest that. That that form was going to dissipate, but mm. gee, it was probably by ten minutes into the second, you could see where this game was heading, and and you knew that it'd be all over by half time. And yeah. it, um, it was it was demoralising to to watch, um, you know, to watch on helplessly, you know, mm. seeing your team implode. Um, not good, and I know you've pointed out there are mitigating factors, I suppose, but you don't make excuses for lack of effort. And unfortunately, there was a severe lack of effort across the board from what I could see. Well, there, there was something in the Herald Sun during the course of the week that had an injury ladder, a thing called an injury ladder. Yes. <clears throat> At the top of that ladder were Collingwood, and second on that ladder were Carlton. Now, you look at Collingwood's progress this year and they've been managed They've managed to, I guess, cover injuries much better than we have. They may have happened to less important players, you might argue. Um, nonetheless, uh, I guess in the context of this game, those injuries did make a big difference because, uh, as you said, structures just, just went to pieces and, yes. uh, and then there were holes opened up where there should have been, where there shouldn't have been. I should say. There just didn't seem to be a lot of support for Charlie Kerno. The plan seemed to be bomb it long to Charlie and uh, Charlie was double teamed by Brisbane defenders, which means that there, by rights, should have been a loose man spare in the forward 50 for Carlton. Well, you would have thought. And, of course, I, I think what made it worse, Tony, you probably didn't see the, uh, the broadcast the telecast, uh, but um, to see uh, Harry McKay sitting there in the crowd yeah. watching on yeah. as the bloke at the other end hit would for the big rangy left-footing six-foot-eight. He had a great game. Forward booting six. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty hard to take. But um, uh, I believe uh, as we speak, Tone, the news is that uh, the big H is going to get a call-up for the St Kilda game this week. So we will see Harry McKay out there uh, strutting his stuff on Friday night. All right. Well, look, that is something. People have clamoured for that, but we, as we've said throughout the course of uh, the year in the podcast tone, um, it, it's not a given that uh, you get a spot in the side. It has to be earned through the attitude and endeavour. Well, that's true. And um, the other comment that's, I, I guess, uh, come of all this is that, you know, uh, for the most part of his time here at the club, Harry hasn't completed a full pre-season. Mm. So that does, you know, go against him a little bit, a little bit you know, in terms of preparation and so forth. But, but I think, you know, uh, just to actually give him a taste of senior footy now, well, I mean, I think that's a good thing, you know, and, uh, you know, with seven rounds to go in the season, um, uh, where we're at, mm. uh, I, I, I can only see upside in giving young blokes uh, senior games experience. And I know the coaches on record are saying you don't want to gift players games that they don't deserve, mm. but, but we find ourselves in this situation and, and it's all about the future, isn't it? We want to see as many future players of Carlton 
out there, um, being given the opportunity and, and proving to themselves and to everyone else uh, that they want to be uh, here at this football club wearing the famous uh, Carlton Guernsey. So, well, that's, I mean, it's certainly what we want to see. We want to see, you know, people proud of that jumper and, and willing to play hard while they're in it. And we didn't see, uh, we supporters, we didn't see enough of that last week. But, um, you know, I guess it's once you drill down on, on certain things, we've said injuries on the day, injuries throughout the course of the week, uh, a younger group, many of whom don't have full solid pre-seasons behind them. And am I right? And that's something I read, Tone, but mm. um, there is a percentage of that young group coming through who haven't benefited from a very good, solid no. pre-season that, upon which they can build a season. Well, well, that's true too. You, you know, you've got fellows like... Um, uh, you know, O'Brien, that he's in his first year. So, um, you know, he's – any of those guys, I think back on it now, like Dow O'Brien – Dow didn't play the other uh, uh, afternoon, O'Brien. You know, to actually be out there um, and being asked to sh- shoulder the load through midfield. Yeah. I mean, it's a tall order, isn't it, for, yeah. you know, kids that are still – well, they're inexperienced. They're probably still growing um, and still trying to find their way. Um, for those players, it's a real baptism of fire, isn't it? So, yes, we're all impatient. We all want to see immediate results, and you know. Um, but you know, history tells you that young kids are going to take time. Um, uh, that said, we want to see as many games being put into them as, as as is humanly possible, as quickly as possible, because that is that is the the senior team's future, isn't it? Mm. We want to see progress through these new players that have um, emerged on the scene and um, well that's that's what we look out for now in these last seven games I believe Tone. Well we do, we look for uh, further green shoots, we don't want shoots anymore, we want um, <laughs> saplings. You're, you're looking for saplings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm you're... looking for you know the mighty oak emerging from the acorn <laughs> and to be honest there's one or two there, we know that. Yes. We know yes. that but um, look, as I think the the game in Brisbane showed it. It is all about talent and depth. Yes, and you know when you lose uh, as many players as we have lost this year, and uh, the, the the players that we lost, I think it was Phillips. We lost uh, like ten minutes in. Well, that's right, Simo. You know, Simo uh, himself yeah, on the bubble beforehand, the and then and then you had the issue with Marchbank, yeah. which was quite bizarre, and then Weidering, I think, came off too. You know, either I can't remember was it the shoulder or calf, what it was. So. You know, the, the team was obviously under a fair degree of duress just through lack of personnel, but that didn't excuse the lack mm. of fight and willpower that um, that um, need, needed to be there, um, regardless of the circumstance, and it unfortunately wasn't on show. Now, uh, Mark Murphy said during the week, we want to see a really strong team defence, we want to defend as one, and we'll be really aggressive, that's something we've trained really hard for. Yes. Um, he said, uh, also, as captain this week, I've certainly made sure that my voice is really clear about expectations out in the field, and making sure that this week we train really positively. So, uh, when Carlton have played well, it's a difficult job to get the 3-2-1s. Yes. The same yeah. applies, strangely enough, when Carlton have played badly. Well, well, yes, and we find, Tone, that um, more often than not we've been in those positions all too often this year. Unfortunately, you know, there's been more bad results than good. Yeah. So, yes, uh, it was extremely difficult to find three, um, you know, best players afield for Carlton on a really dirty day. And um, But right, in the interest of the award, we, we must press on. 
I did give one vote to Zach Fisher. Yeah. I thought Zach was tremendous, yep. just with his liveliness around the packs. I love the way he plays. Yeah. And, um, he's a guy, when you see him play, you, you do believe, oh, he really wants to give it his all. Yes. Love, love his vitality yeah. around the contest. Two votes I gave to Ed Kerno. I thought yes. Ed was magnificent yeah. on Zorko in, in shutting down a player who had given us grief yeah. um, more often than not in previous contests. So, well done, Ed. Well, that's, yeah, it says everything you need to know about his work rate. Too. Well, very true. Yeah. And three I gave to Charlie. Now, Charlie Kerno, you said, you pointed out, um, you know, in the, in the absence of, um, uh, you know, uh, well, Casbolt was omitted. Yeah. Um, and, and then uh, losing Harry McKay. Harry no, McKay. You don't have him there. That's right. I thought I thought uh, Charlie was admirable in yeah. the way that he, he offered a target, um, perhaps the only target as it happened. You know, as you said, he had two or three blokes hanging from him every time yeah. he went to the ball. But, look, I just love the way he plays. I think what I liked about Charlie's game, Tony, what I love about Charlie's game is that he, pl- he does play with the freedom. And um, I think... In football in this day and age, a lot of players, I suspect, have to play the structures and, yeah. and play to the plan. And maybe in that respect, they're stymied in, in, in terms of being able to showcase their natural talents. Whereas Charlie, whether he's given a licence to do it or not, I don't know. But it's just fabulous to see him pit his natural strengths against the next bloke and say, I, I, I think I can beat you. Yeah. I think I can, I can cover you. Uh, bring it on. And I just love the way he played with... He plays with freedom. I, I make this point because there was a moment in the game also late late in the contest where Lockie O'Brien kicked his first goal for the club. Yes. And it was a it was a funny kick. It was off 45 and it was it was a half snap. Uh, it wasn't a, like a classic Wayne Johnson streaming down the flank on the left, slotting it through. Yeah. Nonetheless, it was a 45-metre kick. And I was reflecting on Lockie O'Brien's year this year and I know that he was recruited into the club in part because of that that magnificent strength of being able to kick the ball beautifully on the left on the run. Yeah. Well, that goal he kicked at the weekend, my, my memory does play tricks uh, more often than not, but to my way of thinking, it was the first time I can actually remember seeing Lockie O'Brien kicking long. Oh, Because every yeah. time that he's ever had the ball in the games that I've seen, yeah. he's either drilled it uh, as a half volley yes. to an opponent, uh, to a player 15 or 20 metres away mm. or, or, you know, skewed the kick. Whereas this one occasion kicked the ball long and it got the maximum result for the team. And uh, I loved seeing that. You know, now I, 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 maybe there are factors as to why he hasn't kicked long early in the season, but the fact that he did in this particular moment and got the maximum return says to me, well, let's encourage this and let's, let's let the players play to their strengths. Now, um, as I say, I'm only surmising I can't. I'm not the coach of the club. I, I'm only saying what I see. And as I say, that goal, it's the first time I can remember seeing Lockie O'Brien actually kicking long. And uh, it was great to see him do that and, and, and get the maximum return for it. Well, see, that's what we want to see more of, and that is why he's an exciting player and definitely yes. one to keep your eye on. Very um, true. You know, between him and Paddy Dow, um, I like what I see there a lot. And I'm sure a lot of other cult supporters do. There are others that we can mention, but we but we won't because we've got your votes now. For <laughs> They're locked in. One. They are, are locked in, Tony. And uh, we'll be announcing that, of course, at the end of the run of the two tones, which will happen after. <clears throat> Just let me see. It's not mathematically possible that we'll play the final, so I think after round 22 that might be our last podcast. So, now... Um, <clears throat> Uh, just quickly before uh, we're going to preview the St Kilda game, which yes. is at Etihad Stadium 
Uh, Friday night, 7.50pm, it's a St Kilda home game. It is, it is. It's already attracted a rather disparaging moniker tone. Well, they're calling it the mockbuster tone. I will have nothing of it. Um, In fact, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, our team come back hard after that, you know, deplorable um, performance in uh, Brisbane. And um, I, you know, from what I can gather, there's going to be a couple of players, um, you know, being recalled to the team, which is great. Um, I think we can sort of home in on those now, Tone. Yes, please. Now, I've got a list. Lucy, our producer, hands us a list with a whole bunch of information on it. And this is what I've got in front of me. Injury update. Now, Tone, are these names, therefore, available for selection for the St Kilda game? Am I reading that right? Because... If this is true, we're going to see uh, a debut, are we not, of two players, well, potentially? Well, we're going to see, um, yes, quite quite so. Matt Shaw making his, making his debut for the Carlton Football Club. Yeah. Um, we're also going to see uh, Harry, um, by popular demand, uh, yeah. get, a, get a call up. <laughs> yeah. And we, we're, incredibly, we're also going to see Caleb Marchbank take his place. Yeah. Having suffered that horrible scare of the, you know, um, and... I don't know exactly what it was, whether it was a hard irregularity. Um, came off the game, off the ground last week yeah. with, under some duress. Spent the night in uh, hospital in Brisbane. Well, he's been cleared of any, any you know, residual long-term damage. Um, he's taken his place. And Simo, who withdrew, is also ready to go. So um, the one casually at this stage, my understanding is uh, Jakob Wietering is, yeah. is out of the team. Um, but, yes, uh, Matt Shaw uh, making his senior debut for the Carlton Football Club. That is very exciting news. Now, can I throw some names at you, just, I guess, longer-term injury lists? Yes. And uh, players that may be making their debut. It's possibly before the end of the year, who knows? Uh, Kim Lebois. Kim Le- Lebois, or Lebois, is Lebois, he? Is he okay. it, but I, I prefer your... <laughs> Merci beaucoup. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yep. And uh, they're in the World Cup final, aren't they? Oh, yeah. yeah. You want France or the, the Croatians? Uh, hang on, Croatia, they, they played... Knocked Diglett over. Did they? They did. I didn't know did that. Did hear that? Oh, I didn't hear Two, that. Two one in extra time. Oh, that's right. I wanted England to win. Um, Jesus, it's like uh, Arsenic or Strychnine, isn't it? <laughs> France or... Uh... <laughs> Croatia. Well, you, you, go for, you go for David over Goliath, wouldn't you? You have to say Croatian. Oh, not this I know. Well, there's you know, Marclair is originally a French name, so I guess there's some part of me. Oh, uh, who makes who makes the better food? I think the French do. So let's go with that. Okay, All right, okay. there we go. Where, where, where's your beret? Uh, <laughs> uh, look, I, I I would like to see Croatia get up. I, I'll pitch for the uh, the uh, the underdog. You know, uh, the, the stories are coming out this this uh, week, Tony, in the aftermath of that uh, of that semi against England, that Croatia makes the final. I think the with the smallest uh, population, four point one million yeah, or something since Uruguay in the fifties. I think that Uruguay, is... yeah, it's incredible feat, isn't it? it when you really think about is. it, you know. Yeah. And uh, good luck to them. Yeah. But, um, let's hope for a good game tone. And, uh, uh, I'm um, into that. Yeah, yes. So, uh, so Kim LaBoyce. Yeah, Kim LaBoyce. So Kim LaBoyce is a South Australian. Oh, he's, he's battled, uh, you know, I suppose, injury in form for most of the year. Uh, you know, a will of the wisp forward, which is yeah. probably what we exactly what we need. Um, so I'm presuming that he's going to re- resume through the twos if he's if he's fit. Um, uh, Angus Schumacher is another one. Yep. Now he he had been battling a, a slight groin strain for the best part of a fortnight. But um, Tone, you'll you'll appreciate this with Angus Schumacher. When I came into the club this week, um, I was thinking about which player I wanted to interview. Yeah. 
um, you know, to you know to gain some sort of positivity out of out of the negativity mm. of, of of the weekend. And uh, and the closest I could get was Angus Schumacher, who's you know we we look at the last seven games, we think, well, you know, what, what is there to play for? Well, there's one kid that is really driving to try and get a, a senior call up. Yeah. You know, he's been working towards his senior debut. And what's lovely about this story, um, I've spoken to um, to Angus for the website. Um, he was a current supporter as a, as a child. And I fondly remember, Tone, the night this year after um, Angus Schumacher's name was called by Carlton with a trade it had earned in the Bryce Gibbs deal where I had to ring uh, Angus um, at his home in Bendigo, South Bendigo, and I can still remember his reaction, yeah. having been a lifelong supporter, oh. there, and him saying, oh, oh, this is a dream. <laughs> this is the greatest day of my life. And I remember hanging up the phone and thinking, he's a boy that really wants to play for Carlton. Yes. And when I spoke to him this week, I said, have you often dreamt about singing the song? Yeah. And he said all the time about what it would mean to be in the circle with yeah. 21 of my mates yeah. singing the song after a, after a senior game. So... Um, to hear a player like that, he, he said that as a kid, he used to um, come down intermittently to see Carlton play at the MCG. Yeah. He said he can remember kick, Fev kicking eight oh. against Essendon at the um, the paddock that grew, and he can also remember Judd strutting his stuff. And he said, um, "I have a you know I had a mounted photograph of Chris Judd on my bedroom wall, and he said um, it's still there. Oh, it's still good there. work. So." You know, that's a, a really good positive, uh, Angus Schumacher. Great story. I hope he gets there. So he's resuming through the Norman, Northern Blues this week, Tony, yeah. but he's really trying to, you know, impose himself on those contests to get a, a, a call up to senior football, hopefully before year's end. What sort of player is he? Um, left footer, a, a nice, nice left foot kick, hard yeah. at a player. Has been playing off half back, although... Yeah. Came down from the bush as a midfielder. Yeah. So um, nice straight ahead player. Give gives his all the contest and just the sort of player Carlton needs right now. Well, I'm into that. I'm in indeed. Well, now Tone, um, as we said, uh, uh, Matchell making his club debut uh, against St Kilda. Um, Simo back in. Uh, Weedering, as you said, is out. Round 17, St Kilda versus Eddie Had. You would have to say back on Eddie Had. Back on a, a ground yes. uh, that's not going to. I mean, the players were sweating. There, it was. It looked. It looked like difficult conditions in which to play football. Yes, and it was. Can I say it was? It was just as difficult for me in the bar at Port Douglas. <laughs> yeah, um, my, my my ordering that pint. Yeah, it was my, not easy. My spies at the Salud Bar told me that you were under an enormous amount of duress <laughs> knocking down that Darwin <laughs> stubby. Yeah, it um, was. It was. It was very tough. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, the deep fried cheese balls, they, they, they were a struggle, but, but I got there in the end. Don't worry You're, about you're that. a trooper. Thank you very much. Um, so we'll be watching in more, let's say, um, moderate uh, or uh, probably slightly cooler. Yes. Uh, I believe, what, as you say, you're quite right. The, the humidity levels were up. Again, yeah. we're not making excuses, Tony, for, for that performance. But all, but all these things can be factored in. They factored can in. be. The, they can be. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of the old saying, Tony, that... Um, Success uh, has a thousand fathers, but failure is an orphan. But let's just flip that and say that there may have been a thousand factors at play. Now, uh, it is, well, I think we, we're right to believe that it, it's going to be a good game. Well, I think so. I mean, you know, Secure are 
uh, you know, down the track a little bit too. So, um, you know, I mean, the players are playing for pride, aren't they now? I mean, really, you know, we, all members and supporters of Carlton want is a little bit of fight in the dog. You yeah. know, we, that's what we want to see. And um, I'm sure some Gilda players, you know, want to round out the season as best they can also. Um you know, Carlton have been under the pump all week. You know, they've uh, been vilified in the, in the press and, yes, and, and, and pr- probably fairly too, you yeah. know. Um, so you, you, me, we want to see a a, a, a genuine response, you know. Uh, yeah. We want to see the Carlton team come back in the best possible way. You know, they really, really have to turn things around quickly to get get um, get it going again. Um, and we, we just want to see effort. We want to see effort. We really Friday do. There's been, yes, um, some of those articles this week made for very hard reading, it must be said. Um, there was uh, a lot of unvarnished truth in them. Yes. Um, nonetheless, you, you do realise that, a, a, you know, like a game like the Brisbane game just gives a lot of people an excuse to publish stuff like that. Mm. And um, so we want to silence the doubters. And the best way to do that is with four points and uh, the the theme song of the greatest football club in the world being played at the end well, of the game on Friday night at Etihad Stadium. That's what we would love to hear, Toe. Can I just say um, before we close that um, earlier today the great man um, Anthony Kudafidis um, popped into the club ah. for, for an interview, a little interview for camera to camera. Yeah, for was that with you, Tone? Yes, and in the garden stand, CarltonFC.com.au. Yes, a little peer Tone. Um, just in the lead into um, the club's um, multicultural round yeah. next week. Um, uh, I know it was great to hear Kuda talk about. Um, uh, actually playing not only for the Carlton Football Club but for his mother and father yeah. whom had made their own respective odysseys from, you know, different parts of the world yes, to, to Australia. one Greek, one Italian, I Correct, believe, yeah. correct. And uh, it, it was very interesting to h- hear him talk about how he dedicated so much of his uh, his football to, to them because he appreciated, understood the sacrifices they made to yeah. come to Australia. yeah. And and how how he and Ange Christou both looked up to Mill Hannah because they knew Mill himself had had been through that had been kind through of the same. Yeah, well, Mill, as you, you've spoken to Mill, and yes. uh, Mill has a fascinating um, absolutely story. Fascinating story. Leaving Lebanon as a seven or eight year old and and settling you know just up the road in Brunswick. Um, how lucky was Carlton when you think oh. about it? You know oh. that that uh, and and with Cuda too. That you know Cuda just happened to be in the right place, right time when. When Carlton came calling, and um, so it was lovely to speak to Cuda about those memories that he that he had, and he he made the point. He said, "I wore forty three because my mother was born in forty three. Yeah, in tribute to her, and he, and he said there was a, a backhanded tribute to uh, my father th- from Ange because Ange wore thirty nine, not realising that my dad was born in thirty nine. <laughs> so it was a nice story. And the other story that he shared in respect of Mill yeah. was that before the ninety five grand final, he said one of the memories, great memories I have, is in the rooms before the game, Mill calling both um, Ange and myself into oh. our own little huddle. Um, Come on, fellas, we've got to do this. Yeah. We've been through a lot together. Let's yeah. let's let's go the distance. So. Um, it was a nice opportunity to speak to Kudafidis uh, in in that situation, and um, yeah. I'm sure there will be a little bit there for supporters to uh, to draw on um, in the next few days leading up to uh, the multicultural game with Hawthorne. 
Well, there's been um, there's been a lot of great players at Carlton. We know that, and uh, the name Kudafidis is comfortably rubbing broad shoulders with them because he was an absolute superstar and was there. Kudu's one of those players who um, you'd be half out of your seat as he approached the ball because you knew something amazing was about to happen. Well, that's true. And you know what? I, I say the same thing with Charlie Curdo. Yeah. I, I think he's that sort of player. They've, they've, that, that, you know, they've, they've got that uh, je ne sais quoi yes. while we're on that French theme. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's something about them that just, yes, sets them aside. Players that can do things that other players can't. Yeah. And that's that's what's exciting. And, um, and you know, talking to Kudu about Charlie Curnow, we both agreed, was, isn't it great to see someone like Charlie just being allowed to play with flair? Because yes, let's have more of that. The, well, let's have more of it. We need a tone. Yeah, I mean, throw the rule book out the window and we hope on its way out it hits the entire St Kilda Football Club, knocks them all over, and uh, we get away with the four points on... Friday night. We'll see you there. This has been the two times. We appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast uh, week in and week out. It's brought to you by Tony DeBolfo, myself, Tony Moclair, and produced by Lucy Jamison. Yes, sister of, if you don't mind. How is Jamo, by the way? Yeah, he's well. Doing well? The shoulder's okay? Yeah, Good. Okay. Okay. Um, hello, Jamo, if you're listening. I'm sure he does. Um, and we will catch you next week. Yeah.